You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey there, guys. It's time for Slopescast once again. Uh, I've lost the title card, so I can't see what date it is, but it's going to be uh, November the 15th, 2022, where we've got lots of awesome things to chat about. There's even some Sega topics in there, talking about two of my favorite properties, Sonic and Streets of Rage. But uh, we're going to get old uh, Grizzly to talk us through each of those topics. Go on, Grizzly. What old Grizzly? Old Grizzly. I'm pretty sure I'm younger than you. Um, so... Today, we're going to be talking about Mick Gordon striking back at Bethesda over the Doom Eternal soundtrack dispute. Um, we're going to talk about our thoughts on Sonic Frontiers. Uh, is it good? Is it bad? You can find out here firsthand. Um, Streets of Rage 2 gets an epic new fan-made mod in a similar vein to Sonic 3 AIR. If you know what that abbreviation stands for, or if you've played that game, you know it's good. Um then we're going to move on to some sad news. Uh, we're going to talk about Kevin Conroy, the legendary voice of Batman, uh, and my opinion, the one true Batman um, has passed away, unfortunately. Um, and then we're going to look at Games Master, which will return again in 2023. And if anyone remembers a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Castlevania Symphony of the Night for Tiger's Gamecom. Uh, it's actually up for sale right now on eBay. It Ooh. is. It is. And we're going to have a look at seeing how much um, it's going for later on in the episode. I'm pretty sure we've hit four figures now. Yes. Yes. Uh, four yeah. figures as of yesterday, but it's jumped up considerably since then. So. Oh, wow. Oh, OK. I wonder if uh, old Quang is going to be on that one. I did cause... send it over to him. I did send it over to him. <laughs> yeah. No Don't doubt. Have a he's... As it is, I said. So, I'd love uh, we'll to see, see him snipe done. that bid. <laughs> yes, we will see. We will <laughs> see. But then, as you said, let's start off with a bit of Doom Eternal news. Yes. Uh, yeah, not not too good. Not too good. There's, there's some shady stuff's going on behind the scenes. Uh, a six-figure salary was uh, 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 handed over, supposedly, for the uh, guy to actually keep his mouth shut. Explain in a little bit more detail, uh, Grizzly. Yeah, so uh, this this is like older news for us um, because we, we spoke about Mick Gordon and the Bethesda dispute like a while back. Um, the general gist of that was um, that Mick Gordon was, of course, brought in to do the soundtrack for Doom Eternal. Um, mm -hmm. He did an amazing job. Um, it's arguably the best part of the game for me uh, because I absolutely love like heavy metal and you know anything that plays like a heavy metal thing is pretty good by the way metal yeah. hell singer well uh well recommended i think um but yeah 
uh, Mick Gordon has, uh, and after after all of that came out, uh, Bethesda actually released a uh, bit of a statement on their part, and they said that uh, Mick Gordon was running late on on um, on his like obligations, um, and uh, as a result, that's what led to the soundtrack releasing in the way it did, where they got a producer to essentially take these songs and then rearrange them without Mick Gordon's consent um, into. A soundtrack which is pretty poor by comparison to what mick gordon would have done um so mick has actually finally come back and said well that's not true this is actually what happened and he's basically given his side and that side includes uh he only had about two weeks to put together the soundtrack um he was it, the soundtrack release for the collector's edition was announced before he was signed on to arrange it which i In don't know to me to me yeah that's fair enough if he only got two weeks notice but in reality they're going to release the soundtrack aren't they um Mm. so yeah it's like pinch of salt on both sides here um but the big thing is he was offered a six-figure settlement fee um to keep quiet about the whole thing and essentially take the blame which uh he refused uh so he says so I, i don't know why it's taken two years for this uh, for his side of the argument to come out, but yeah, that, that's where it doesn't um, exactly go together. He yeah. refused to take a six-figure salary. Uh, uh, sorry, six-figure. You know, keep your mouth shut. Uh, payout in a sense. You know, take you know, take the blame. So he said no to that, but then he didn't talk about it publicly for an incredibly yeah. long time. Um, yeah. I suppose then you know, I, I suppose one way of thinking is you know he doesn't want to ruin the uh, release of the game for everyone that has worked on it. Uh, but one day he will have his say, and that day is now. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't a hundred percent add up to me. And you know, recent events with the you know the way uh, way of the bayonetta stuff was treated shows us you know we really should wait until we hear from both sides, um, or at least yeah. more people from both sides before we make a judgment. Now, obviously, if this is the case, that's not a good thing. Nothing but a bad thing. But uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the way I kind of sit on it is like, I, I kind of like, you know, go with the creatives. And I feel like what Mick Gordon's done, you know, letting two years settle, whether that was in te- his intention or not, it did give the game chance to breathe. It gave the people chance to play it and the work of all of those artists involved in it um, a chance mm-hmm. to, you know, be appreciated. And that, you know, the creatives, there's creatives on every like, aspect of Bethesda apart from the highest point. Um, so yeah, I kind of appreciate his side of it, and I feel like his like argument didn't overshadow the game's release, and therefore people got to really you know play it and enjoy it, which I did. Um, but I am gutted for him. Um, but at the same time, it just feels like why now? You know, yeah, the is, why is now he... is the biggest thing. But um, I mean, going he... on just this, yeah, it, it's mm. not. The reasonable explanation for this is that he's been turned down for work because of this so-called you know diva mentality that uh, Bethesda painted them as having um and oh, also yeah. and also people like continually like jumping on him whenever the doom eternal soundtrack comes up because people blame him as a result of Bethesda's statement so you can kind of see it kind of brooming up maybe he wanted to be the better man and just couldn't stay that way because he was just getting too much flack yeah. it, it's you're absolutely right in drawing comparison with the bayonetta free stuff because you know um the helena uh was the was the voice actress's name 
she did not give any quarter at all to no. platinum over this and um likewise with any of the creatives that are in the business so you can kind of see that mick's got a mutual respect for you know the people he works with and therefore try to keep it under his hat and just move on with his career in life but mm -hmm. you know when it starts to affect his career you know he is a music artist and you know he's very good at it um you can oh, see and some. You can see how this can kind of like ruin things that he's doing now. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of them things. I'd love to see him come back and mix the Doom Eternal soundtrack, but you know, Bethesda really messed up here, in my opinion. I feel like they could have made some allowances, but uh, yeah, yeah, didn't just didn't work that work out that way, and it's a sh damn shame because we're we're deprived of some great music being arranged on vinyl. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> did you get the uh did you get the original one on vinyl? I didn't, but it is on my list. It's on your list, right, right, okay. I, I have got that one. It's nice. Red vinyl as well. Ooh, very nice, nice. very nice. I yeah. For that one, there's like uh there's like two disc and a four disc, isn't there? So it's just like um, uh yes, I've only got the two disc. Yeah. I think I'd want the four disc, but it's a hundred quid, and I'm like, do I really want it? You know. If it was Doom <laughs> yeah. Eternal, I would. 100% I would because the, the you tunes prefer, on you there. prefer Doom Eternal too right yeah it's got a whole it oh, like okay. Doom 2016 um was like a really good like experiment point because they they got rid of the whole squad shooter thing uh, that they were going to try with a Doom 4 and then they just mm -hmm. kind of went why don't we make it like Doom and you know like really fun super fast paced running around killing demons and nothing else and then uh you know it kind of worked and then they actually yeah. told Mick Gordon originally no heavy metal for the soundtrack. And then he came out with what he did anyway. Um, Doom Eternal was like doubling down on that. It's like everything to the extreme, whether it be the gameplay <laughs> being super fast or the soundtrack just being the most crushing, dirty sound possible. And uh, sure. I absolutely loved it. Every second of it. It's like, I tell you what, another soundtrack. Uh, I mean, in, in the same vein that needs uh, a lot of love is the Killing Floor soundtracks as well. Killing Floor 2, essentially, uh, primarily. It's a really good soundtrack. Worth keeping never, out. You can get it on vinyl as well. I never never listened to that one as much, but then again, Killing Floor is one of the things that just passed me by. It's a, it's a co-op thing, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've never yeah. played the game, but I've played the soundtrack a lot. Uh, I've got that one on vinyl. That's a good one. Anyway, mm. before we went live today, guys, for people uh, listening in on the podcast, we... Um, chatted for ages for what for far too long about comics and music so if you want to listen to us ramble on about music you've got to come and watch us live before we go live uh because uh yeah um we probably shouldn't do it again during the podcast in fact we yeah, should yeah. go on to topic number two Ooh. um which is uh sonic sonic yes yes giving our so opinions Sonic Frontiers is a thing and it came out the this week last week and uh yeah. I know that Dan's been playing it. He played a bit on stream last Thursday, and that was very exciting for everyone involved. Um, played it on the Discord just before we went live tonight as well. Yeah, uh, and I've been playing a bit as well. Uh, so I'm up to the second island in the game, and you're up to the... Third. Third, right, third. okay. Yeah, so a little bit third. further than me. I feel like, you know, it, it, don't, don't take this as a review, obviously. It's not a review because, you know, we're not anywhere near close to I finishing, mean, either of us. But yeah, you can kind of see... So far. Yeah, you can kind of see everything that the game technically has to offer, I would say. I think that's fair to say, considering it's, you know, it's got a bit of a loop going on. Yeah. 
yeah. I mean, as soon as the third world opened, I was like, right, let's do it all again. Because the way I play these, uh, what I like to call the Ubisoft open world type games, which this one's, this game is definitely adopting. Um, and that's not a negative thing. Like every so often I like to play one of those Assassin's Creed type games or Far Cry games where it's just like, right, I've opened up another part of the world. Now I've got to go do all of those things. Now I've got to do all of those things. Sony's um, uh, does a lot of that sort of stuff as well. They um, they did it with like the Spider-Man series uh, yeah. and, and plenty of others as well. And, and that's what they're doing here. So Sonic is in these very open worlds with not a hell of a lot going on in them. And um, mm-hmm. as, as you work through each of these worlds, you've got to, you know, unlock... Uh, all of these parts that make the world, you, you get to see more of the map, you know, you then do all of these little challenges around the world itself. You can uh, upgrade your uh, speed and your, your combat and whatever else. And eventually you find some levels uh, with, <laughs> bring it back to music with some insanely good little drum and bassy Sega uh, tunes on all of those stages, yeah. especially in the chemical plant ones. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. But um, I mean, what, what what do you think of the game? What what are you thinking? Is it a game? Is it up there with some of the best Sonics? So there's always something I struggle with when it comes to a, whenever it comes to a new Sonic game, and that that is the the concept of whether it's a just a good Sonic game or whether mm. it's a really really good game. And I'm kind of in between because I do enjoy it. Um, it's clearly got its issues, and that's very typical of any Sonic game in 3D. Um, but I don't think that they overpower, you know, what's good about it. Um, and that is just the ability to, like, run about and just try different platforming sections. They've done a pretty yeah. good job of it. Um, the open world stuff, I feel, is a bit odd. Um, so one of my biggest biggest things that i come back for on the sonic franchise is one the music as you say um sonic frontiers has great music both yeah. overworld and and in it's the one thing they've space never stage. messed up they've never messed up the music and again they, they've nailed it here and they've gone a different path a bit more edm yeah. drum and bassy style and they've done well with it yeah there's a couple of like heavy metal uh, you know heavy metalish oh there is yeah, well. yeah but i won't spoil those and uh, this will be a spoiler free thing um barring you know just like general details um but the the whole open world thing is like when breath of the wild came out you had the sense of like this is the eastern like game developers making open world games for the first time you've already had yet like years of assassin's creed elder scrolls and all of that and so you kind of knew what to expect then breath of the wild came along and basically said right here's a massive open world it seems empty but just just look a bit deeper and you'll find stuff. So whether that be like the little Korok puzzles that you, you do like dotted around the world or um, just general like simple things you can enjoy about the world. And uh, one of the biggest things is that they didn't um, sacrifice uh, level design for the sake of this massive expanse. You know, there were clearly clearly like pockets of ideas just dotted around. And... Mm. But then Sonic Frontiers, when it gets to that, it has that. And, you know, there's loads of like little mini platforming challenges. Some of which are just like mind-numbingly easy, whereas others are like, okay, so this actually requires a bit of complex movement. This is fun. Um, But then it also has like the radio towers from Assassin's Creed. It's got the, you know, that you get to your vantage point you know here's a map full of icons for you to like find little things to do it it lacks that kind of like emergent discovery that you get from the likes of zelda breath of the wild 
Um, sure. It's a good. I, I think it's a good mix because um, you know we're. I'm 35 years old, so you know, like, yeah, I expect a bit more. I like stuff like Elden Ring where nothing's on the map, and I can I go down this cave and oh, it's a whole new complex, and it's it's really interesting, and it's completely been discovered by me and me alone. Um, whereas Sonic Frontiers is clearly a game that's built for kids as much as the people who grow up playing Sonic so you kind yeah, of I don't know like, I don't know how easy my, my son's had a quick game of it and he just didn't know what he was doing like it was really hard to control it's a game you learn I remember when I first played it at EGX I just was not feeling the the in fact actually Sonic was quite slow to control in the open world yeah. and I was like oh, you know what this is weird I don't like this uh but now I've given it time I realized that you know oh actually you know what this is really good um uh I on a personal level, this is just my personal thing, but I, I, I really don't like the designs of the villains and stuff like that in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, 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 it, it's really bizarre. So I'll I try not to spoil too much, but in the second um, world, one of them, um, I can't remember the name of them, but it's essentially just a big ring that you run around three yeah. times. I'm like, that. what? It doesn't even look like anything. It's just like a weird tower with spinning stuff. I just don't think they look good. Um Compared to the uh, the overly complex um, Doctor Robotnik, uh, uh, you know, enemies, I think they just look really, really nice. The, these almost look like a bit War of the Weldy, um, and I don't know. They just don't. I don't know. There's something about. It. I, I, I'm really not yeah. a fan of the, the design anyway. It's, it, it's, it's like awesome. it's like they've taken ideas from like five different games. So you've got a bit of Assassin's Creed thrown in there. You've got a bit of Breath of the Wild, um, and the part you're talking about is a bit of Shadow of the Colossus. So Shadow of the Colossus yeah. is all about those towering enemies that you had to climb and, you know, getting to the top of them as a puzzle in itself. Albeit, you know, with Sonic, it's incredibly simplified. You know, there's only one way to get up there. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it. But then they realized that, hang on, we can't do Shadow of the Colossus because this is a Sonic game. It, it wouldn't be great if you know all you did was run from one end of the map to the other to find the bosses you yeah, have to have yeah. these little guys and they had to carry the design over to keep it all you know congruous and i don't know i just feel like it's all a bit melodramatic in that respect you know they don't really it, it's not as fun as the badniks you know like the robots that um, no no the badniks are cool they've got really awesome character you can imagine them as a cute plushie but at the same time like really good enemies uh, that, yeah. that fit into sonic's colorful world and I, I don't know i'm not feeling this the the way this looks uh also the story can just do one it just doesn't interest <laughs> yeah. me it's that typical anime style like huh and they, they you look back into their past on something else, like, i'll just get on with it um i i could not care less about the storyline um, and and yet they've they've gone for a bit of a mature edge as well. It's like they they keep talking yeah. about how the land is sad and broken, and then of course they have Sonic break dancing, you know, after <laughs> like doing a puzzle, and it's like um, yeah, it's weird. It's it's just the same game at times, but you know, yeah, it's I, Sonic, I couldn't give you know. I couldn't give less. I, I just could not care less. Uh, some of the exploring on the open world, I I, I do like running around like almost tony hawk styley and just doing what i want to do and you know like i say it's that typical ubisoft thing where you just go around and you unlock everything to make it and eventually you get 100 percent in that area um i prefer the idea of breath of the wild where it's all just one massive place yeah. to go and, and and explore which you can't get to because you know it's too hot in that area or whatever it may be i would have preferred that rather than just go to the menu push a button and oh now you're in the original world it just it seems a bit weird i preferred it to all be one big thing 
Um, but hey, that's what it is. Uh, and the third world I'm on at the moment, they're all on different little mini islands on that world. And trying to get to each one is a real pain in the ass because you've got to find um, uh, the little grindy rails to get across to each stage. Um, but eventually yeah. you, you work out where you need to go and stuff like that. It just takes a while to get around there. Um, either way, either way, they're the negatives out of the way. The gameplay itself is actually, it feels really nice. Uh, the more you yeah. power up, and it does it quite slowly. When you go back and watch like people play it for the first time, like I did with my son when he picked it up and he played it, and I was like, "Wow, you're so slow!" Like the way the control, the way uh, Sonic moves is really quite slow. And then when I pick it up, I'm just like jumping all over the place like a madman. Um, like I say, like as if you're playing like an SSX tricky game or a Tony Hawk's game. Um, how am I getting getting through this? Uh, I, I've never been a fan of the, uh, the 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 Sonic engines. 2D stages or the fake 2D just stages. I prefer 3D Sonic games being 3D where you're running forward rather than running left to right because it just never felt like proper classic Sonic where you're running left to right. The physics just do not feel right. Um, yeah. And they're the same here. They're the same. If you've played Sonic Generations, Sonic, uh, what other ones would there be? Colors, Unleashed, those sort of things. It, it, this feels the same. Um, they do not feel right when it comes down to 2D uh, going up against, you know, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles. It doesn't feel the same and mania. Yeah. Uh, with that said, um, I've learned to uh, sort of live with the almost obscure controls compared to those classics. Um, and I, I've played through every single stage I've got to, to S rank, which obviously shows that they're not bad, they're different. They just don't feel like classic yeah. Sonic. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's what bothers me about the level design is the fact that you've got this massive open world and it's with little dotted elements all over it, which do not feel like they're part of the same, you know, thing. You can't tell me that springs and rails are naturally occurring things and they could have easily. Well, I say easily from a non-developer standpoint, you know, they they could have done something with that, you know, like Sonic Rush could do. You know, things like Vines grabbing Sonic by the leg and what have you. Sonic 2 did it, damn. Right. It's just, you know, Spotify still playing or something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I saw Mike Towns post it. I don't know. <laughs> Carry right, okay. on. Um, and then uh, just in general, like, um, you know, the, the actual cyberspace levels, which should be the draw here. These should be your main, like the main event, you know, with the open zone being like the space between each of the levels mm -hmm. i feel like they're, they're they're just a bit lackluster and the fact that they are copied from like original um original like sonic generations and even sonic adventure 2 some of the levels make a return which is nice but i've played them before yeah. so it's just like well you know what what else what's new that you can bring to the table it feels like they were too ambitious with this whole open world thing or try to be too ambitious with the open world thing and just ended up like running out of time to design new levels. And that's a shame because, you know, those are the best part of any Sonic game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Sonic Mania would possibly be the best Sonic game ever if it didn't have half of its levels being old levels redesigned, uh, which, you know, for, for a comeback of a, a, the first proper 2D Sonic game, it makes sense. But if they ever make Sonic Mania 2, which they totally should, I'm hoping they've just not announced anything on it because they didn't want it to go against this because if you remember sonic mania came out around about the same time as um uh forces was being made and it it just felt like everyone was yeah. either in the mania camp or the forces camp i think they've learned okay we need to promote frontiers and when that's done 
then we need to promote Mania too. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm hoping that's what they're doing. I'm hoping that's what they're doing. Unfortunately, um, I don't think that's what they're doing. Uh, yeah, because it's just... I don't know. They, they, they're trying to make a big thing about this being the way forward for the Sonic games in general. And I kind of hope that, that it isn't because, well... Yes, it's a bigger, grander experience, and they've done a really good job of bringing what they have to the table. But I, I miss those levels. That's a big, big thing for me. Um, oh, they, they, they. I hope they do another Mania. Why can't they? Not, not to obviously always bring up the comparison of Mario, but Mario they had the new Super Mario Brothers games, and then you had the 3D, like you know, your Odysseys and yeah, uh, Super Mario 3D Land and stuff like that. Like, make two different types. Make sure you don't release them at the same time, like Forces and Mania, because that was dumb. <laughs> you know? um, it's a thing, like Mania and Forces could have worked well together. I, I, I genuinely believe that, because Mania came out, what, six months before Forces? I mean, that's insane, though. Like, they're, they're two big Sonic releases, and one came out six months before the other. Like, the reason people, one of the reasons people are so in love with this Sonic game is because it's been so long since we've had a true 3D Sonic game. And I've, I don't think people class Forces as a proper entry into the franchise. I'm almost a bit forgotten by this. If you compare yeah. that to what came before it, you know, with Generation. Yeah. I feel like this I, is the next big game since Generation. Yeah. And this, I remember reviewing both, like Mania and Forces for like PlayStation Country. And, you know, Mania got a 10 because it's one of the few games that genuinely deserves it. And Forces got like a six because it just felt like they tried to redo Generations. And we're seeing a bit of a pattern here where they're just reusing a lot of the older assets um, just to make newer things. You saw it in Forces, uh, like classic Sonic making a return because it was a gimmick that worked for Generations but made no sense for Forces. Um, you saw those models being reused as a result of that. And then suddenly in Sonic Origins, you're seeing those same models being reused those generations models being reused in forces in the 3d mm -hmm. sections um and interestingly you say why can't they do another sonic mania as well as like a 3d game well they technically did because we had origins the same year as frontiers so i i think that's what they were trying oh, to do uh, yeah. um but okay, yeah yeah just, i forgot about <laughs> yeah origins was such such a, a, a letdown as a package i think mm. that it just kind of like put damp squib on it i just i it, for me it's really hard to, to to get my head around charging people for animations in the menu and and that's that that that's what i remember about um that one you said the compilation game like, yeah or, yeah that one <laughs> that game <laughs> yeah, see, it shows you how much i've forgotten about the game it should be the best version of my all-time favorite game but it should be yeah. It should have been. Um, so general thoughts. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a good. I think it's a good. Yeah, and, one. and that's the thing. We're, we're sounding really negative. Um, but you know they always outweigh, don't they? At the end of this stream, I am going to be playing Sonic Frontiers over in Discord. <laughs> so come and watch there if you're you interested. I, I still want to play this. So it's obviously got its its hooks inside me. Um, if I had just come off the back of playing another Assassin's Creed or another Far Cry game, maybe I wouldn't be into it as much. Um, but the uh, the collecting of all of the um, uh, all of the little things you need to do in each in each world uh, every so often does grab me every few years, and this has just come along at the exact right time. Um, I also went in with low expectations, and it is better than that um i am enjoying myself with this um i went a bit crazy just before we went live trying to get an s rank on a level uh and i managed to do it but um yeah you really really do have to master those levels and 
Yeah, I'm yeah. enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I mean, it, I think seven out of ten is a perfect score for it. Yeah, it's a um, solid seven out of ten for me so far. Yeah. And it's just like um, they they've been trying to crack this formula where they make a Sonic game that's longer than say two to four hours. Uh, I've because they're putting all of this budget behind it. They're trying to give it all of this sensibility, but ultimately the games are about going fast, so mm-hmm. they go by quite quickly. And they've tried multiple gimmicks. They've tried classic Sonic. They've tried the Werehog, and they've tried all of these things. Open World was basically the last place they could have gone. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad to say that they actually did a decent job of it. And I say decent, but not amazing, um, simply because, well, they, there's things that could have been done better. So as much as I'd love to see a Frontiers 2, I don't want it to be the direction for the franchise because I've always preferred those shorter really quick to play through sonic experiences that i play time and time again as opposed to one that i'm going to play once and then just shell for the rest of time you know which Mm. i'll do with frontiers because i can already see that it's starting to get a bit repetitive for me so it's It's, they are are going to make a frontiers too or the way they you know forces was kind of generations too um they're going to make a follow-up to this it's done very well it's um i think i'm I'm sure it broke numbers in regards to steam in regards to sonic games um it's done really really well for sega uh and 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 you know so it should um they've put the effort into this one more so than other ones so uh fair play to them i suppose yeah yeah, it's not a bad one, that's for sure. <laughs> that's that's the best that we can give with this one. It's the best. Yeah. There you go. We're enjoying it enough to keep playing it. Let's put it that way. Um, what's also pretty Ooh, here we go. Fan made Streets of Rage 2 update adds online co-op, widescreen support, and more. Wow, wow, wow. So really this is coming off the uh, uh the Steam version of Streets of Rage 2, if I'm not mistaken. It's using Unity and um it's just added so many it's just basically enhanced one of the greatest ooh, one of the greatest um uh, uh beat em up games ever made streets yeah. of rage 2 is always up there with people's favorites uh it's, it's up there with mine as well and and now we get to play it in widescreen and oh it just what a beautiful way I, i'm gonna do a playthrough of this um uh probably yeah <laughs> i'm definitely it's, gonna play through it so yeah it's, it's available now so what mm. what this essentially does is it takes the streets of rage 2 official rom um mm. and then uh it essentially just you know improves it to the same extent as that sonic 3 ai angel island revisited so adds yeah. adds um things like achievement points the widescreen support which gets taken for granted i can Amazingly, see streets of rage so much nicer I can see Streets of Rage 3 Axel there, you know, with the yellow shirt and everything. Um, there's Apparently, there's loads of stuff to unlock as well. And in the trailer, they show off Sketch Turner from Comic Zone. They do. I am yeah. playing through Sketch Turner. Unless I have to unlock him, then obviously I'm not. But that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. It's just like, this. why, why doesn't Sega do this? why not because these these games are fantastic and you know just a little update like this takes the original experience and turns it into something that you want to play on modern hardware you know i suppose they do stuff like this to a degree when they get m2 involved and they always add their little you know trinkets to to when when they redo games and they do a bloody good job but um i mean this isn't made by any more than a couple of people yeah get them on the payroll <laughs> release it on I, steam fan, you've made your money back fan. yeah it's nuts. I, I i just love that fans are willing to do this and we're starting to see an up tr- upward trend of this like 
Um, I saw uh, in the Slopescast news chat, just as like an honorary mention, that Road Rush 2 and 3 uh, were improved with like a proper save data mode, which is something that I wish you could have had when I was a kid because those yeah. password systems were just archaic. And Some I don't of mean them were that. insane, like 35, you know. And when there were symbols and you're just having to draw like 30 odd symbols, right? No, no, was it a smiley face or was it was it an awkward face? Oh. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Road Rush is too, if I recall correctly, and I could be wrong on this, so apologies if that is the case. Um, if I recall correctly, the password system, it said, right, okay, it would start you off on the, you know, at the level of competition you were, but you'd mm. have zero dollars to spend and you wouldn't have the bikes that you'd unlocked at that point. So you, you were useless in the races. So you couldn't really, you had to start from scratch to get to a good point. Um, you know, Road Rash was fantastic, but it it was always one that you'd have to replay from the start as a result or with a game genie to get your unlocks back. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad to see things like that, of you know, getting the fight, the improvements that are needed. I mean, this thing even fixes bugs, right? From 16 bit games that, you know, people have been playing years and years and years and years. And now they actually have a good excuse to go back and try it again, potentially mm -hmm. play the best version that exists. Yeah. It's great. I, more of this, please more. Yeah. It's good. Nothing but a good thing. Well up for this. Good boy. Good, 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 good team. Whoever did this. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Love it. Love it. Um, let's move over to that's my Twitter feed. Uh, let's move over to uh, Kevin Conroy, which for some reason I don't have a link for. Uh, oh, because it went over to Twitter. That's why. And that's uh, Tre Trevor McDonald. There you go. Kevin Conroy. Here we go. Yeah. Sad so, news. Sad to say this one. Yeah. Um, of course, people have. This, this is probably old news. It's like came out last week, but unfortunately, yeah. Kevin Conroy has passed away. The voice of Batman um, from the very original animated series and pretty much everything since then. Um, I've never seen a voice actor with this length of career other than, of course, Mark Hamill as the Joker. Mm -hmm. It's insane. So he's been he's been doing the comics. He's doing the comic adaption adaptions when they do the you know the voiceover comics. He's done the uh, the games. You know all the way from the Adventures of Batman and Robin. Um, he's done the animated series, of course, uh, yeah. and of course he did the awesome uh, Arkham Asylum games. You know that's a long career of playing the same guy, and he never lost his touch, not once. Um, He's the go-to guy for it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, hundred percent. And he was—he was a couple of characters in uh, like a couple of Kevin Smith projects, like the Yoga Hoses weird horror films that he did. Um, but yeah, like, oh man, this this one cuts deep. And like, I was, yeah. I was I was reading up about his exploits. Of course, you know, it's something you do, you you check the Wikipedia page, and like one of the things that I saw uh, that he did was when uh, nine eleven happened, um, he volunteered um on the ground to um you know cook meals for the firefighters and, and the police police staff and uh he was just he just turned up and people instantly recognized him as the voice of batman and of course he did his famous line uh i am vengeance i am bat i am the knight i am i am batman um in the kitchen and of course everyone cheered and it's like oh man what a legend what an absolute legend yeah just just sad to see this one go do we do we know why how he's passed away 
he was battling a long illness. I haven't delved too much into the what the illness was. I don't think it's uh, the right thing to do. To be fair. no, no, no really I was just know. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's sad. He's um, oh, wow, a legend. To uh, th- 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 there's nothing else to add. Yeah, he, he's a massive legend. It's a genuine, yeah. genuine, genuine shame. He's the. It's not just the voice of Batman. He was essentially Batman. Yeah, we've he's had so the... many. Diff- we've had so many different people play that role in in you know, but. I've tried not to turn it into a competition, but he is the best Batman by a long <laughs> shot. And Michael Keaton gets, you know, he's he's good, but he's he's no Kevin Conroy. And like, I can't imagine, you know, whenever I read the comics, whenever I like read the stories and what have you, that's I, the voice I, you hear. Isn't that's it? the voice I hear. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Michael yeah. Keaton, I just can't see him as anyone other than. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all I can see is just Beetlejuice in that Batman outfit. So yeah, yeah. There we go. Rest, Amazing. rest in peace. Massive legend, massive, massive legend. Ah, there we go. Now let's move on to Trevor. Mc- <laughs> yes, <laughs> Trevor McDonald. Uh, yes, Games Master is coming back next year. I don't think there's really much else to add to this, but yeah, it's coming back next year, and that's a good thing because we liked it last year when it came out for its like three or four episodes. A few people we know were a part of it and helped go uh, make it what it is, and um, hopefully they're back again for next year as well because it's a in good show uh yeah it's uh it's nice to see the nice reboot see. was good as well i enjoyed that yeah yeah i'm all right with that yeah uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so um there's a couple of like new ideas that they're trying to bring to the table this time they're trying to make it more oh this is going to make people cringe when i say this but they're trying to make it more socially conscious for the young audience and uh i don't know that doesn't sound an awful lot like games master to me uh but it's the kind of thing you kind of expect them to do if they're trying to judge up yeah. an old franchise at the end of the day it was it was new age games for us when we were younger and new age technology so they should probably try and make it a bit more for the young'uns as well totally and i i remember you 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 like giving anecdotes because we we watched a few episodes uh live on the discord and we'll probably do the same for this as well yeah, yeah. and and you had toby in with you and um yeah. he was like a, he, he didn't seem at all interested did he <laughs> <Not> um, <laughs> i think he would be a lot more now he's he's a lot more into older uh, uh, stuff that you know i couldn't really get him into yeah. star wars back then and he's obsessed with it. you know yeah. things like that you know i mean he would have been only I mean, it was the last year or the year. He would have made like five or six. Yeah. So it says here, this all new take on Games Master 2023 would see us double down on the series' success on social, turning it into a gaming ecosystem on C4 social platforms. There's a, a, a very big use of the word social here. This means we would still bring the entertaining gaming challenges, the nods to some of our most loved games, so a bit of retro in there, and mm-hmm. the unapologetic celebration of the very best of gaming culture. Funko Pops. Um, no, that's just me adding that in. Uh, but we would do everything with a young, social-first audience in mind. And that's where, you know, old-school fans are going to probably bow out and hopefully some new-school fans will, you know, know of, of the name Games Master. Mm-hmm. I feel like they should be, like, resurrecting the Games Master brand in, you know, magazines online and things like that, you know, as a result of this. But I don't know. I'm, we'll see how it goes because this this whole new spin, even though I think they probably should do it, um, it's going to get a lot of hate and it could actually turn people off. I, it's going to be hard for me if I'm watching it and they, they they've got loads of classic stuff on there and then randomly Fortnite comes in. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm and, and it's going to be it's not going to work the other way around like kids that are interested in only the Fortnite stuff are, are not going to care if they randomly start playing sensible soccer it's just not yeah it, it, it's, it's a real tough thing and i don't know if there is an answer if i'm honest so we'll see how it goes yeah i i, I want them to bring back the ask games master section because you, you can imagine it right games master oh games master how do i unlock this skin in Fortnite? and uh trevor mcdonald <laughs> rolls his eyes and says Ah, oh, reach for your parents' credit card and go to Xbox Live, and <laughs> I'm fully expecting that. I'll tell you what, I'm having it. I'm having all these issues now. This literally just sounds like my life. Uh, my my son was so desperate to get himself a uh, Fortnite V Bucks card from the shops, as opposed to oh, me just blimey. putting in the putting in the the the, 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 the amount of money myself using my credit card on this device. And we got it, and then I spent the next two to three hours trying to work out why i couldn't attach it to his um his account it was absurd uh it turns <laughs> out he didn't have an account it was just he was playing as a guest and i had to set one up and then i had to approve it because i'm an adult and he's not it just took so long i was like this is all for six pound 49 and then we'd done the whole thing and it wasn't enough for what he needed <laughs> and I'm like, what <laughs> modern gaming yeah yeah there we go yeah it it, it, it it is absolutely killer. It really is. It really is. But at the same time, like, oh, it's so painful. We, we've gone off target now, but like, like he really wants the new Mario Rabbids game. And yeah. I have to say to him, so what do you want more? Do you want a whole new gaming experience? Or do you just want to make your Fortnite character look different? And you know, I'm putting it like that. <laughs> but at the same time, like, dad, that means I, if I get that game, that means I can't play as a stormtrooper. And I'm like, okay, that that's that does sound pretty cool. I would have been all about that as a kid. And I'm like, <laughs> it's kind of thing like, uh, oh, there's a stormtrooper in this game. Uh, how do I unlock it? And uh, the answer should never be someone's like credit card. You know, it should never be that. But <laughs> it is what it is. This is this is gaming as we know it. Yeah, I, I say to him like, can you unlock these by just playing? He's like, yeah. But the amount of hours he has to put in is it's absurd. And he's only allowed on his switch for an hour a day. Well, well, that'll do it, yeah. Yeah, so I, I have to pay or give him more time on it. And they time it as well. Like, So if you don't pay by this point, you don't get to play as Spider-Gwen ever. <laughs> and it's like a fucking bastard. It's that fear <laughs> of missing out, for sure. Yeah, it really is. Oh, I won't be able to use a lightsaber. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so trying to get him into Star Wars. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Games Master's coming back. Let's hope it's not all about that sort of stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's hope it's more about things like Symphony of the Night, which, as hey. you remember from last week, um, Symphony of the Night, uh, maybe the week before, maybe the week before. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Symphony of the Night has been discovered uh, for the game.com. Uh, we all know it's going to be, trying to think back to my history on this, no, it definitely will be the worst, possibly the worst Castlevania of the lot. I was just going to say of Symphony of the Night, but it may be the very worst Castlevania. Oh, you had, you had a couple of Tiger LCD games, actually. It's up there with those. It's up there with yeah. those. Either way, yes, there was a Game.com Castlevania Symphony of the Night port that was uh, made almost complete by the looks of it, uh, but never released, um, primarily because the Game.com was a massive failure and a lot of games for that system that were in development just got canned. Um but uh, it was actually impressive for what it was able to do on that little system. It definitely looks like a better port than what, for instance, Sonic Jam did. Um, either way, either way, it's a thing that actually does exist because someone managed to get a cart that they had 
uh, to run, and now it's up on eBay. And drum roll, please. It's currently going for $5,000. Ah, chump change. Chump change for a piece of history. $5,000. I'm sure that was about $1,400 odd when we started this stream. Started this it, podcast. It was $1,675 right. uh, yesterday. Um, so, yeah, that's jumped up some some margin there. Um, so one thousand. So one of the things that I really like about the description, uh, it, this this posting, is the description um, on, because I'm the guy's got a knack uh, knack for words. Go on, go so for it. Why not? We've got some time. So, whoa, mama, what have <laughs> we here, ladies and germs? It is a one-time opportunity to scoop up an authentic TigerDeGame.com prototype cartridge and add it to your collection for bragging rights to plenty. Woo! The game is Castlevania Symphony of the, in the Night. And let me tell you, what the programmers did with the Gamecom's limited hardware is nothing short of a miracle. A real shame this little nugget never got an official release, because believe you me, it would have been something to, well, acknowledge, in the very least. <laughs> I'd, I'd even go as far as to say it's the most impressive Gamecom title of them all, which I can completely believe. Um, which is probably not lying. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably not lying with that. <laughs> yeah. So how complete is the game? And this is this this is new detail to me because if I recall that the only playable part was like a like a minute snippet. And he said, Very, I played for it for several hours, and I can tell you for certain there's a lot of content here, including an ending. If you've got the mad skills <laughs> to reach it, <laughs> the music is all there. Plenty of sound effects are present, and a whole pile of graphics were converted down from the original PlayStation version of the game. Love and care was put into this adaptation, no question. Or at least the best effort the programmers felt justified their paycheck. If you buy this little dandy, who calls that? Why? Uh, what I you'll like be what you'll be receiving is an authentic tiger cartridge with an authentic printed label, with the game stored in an authentic tiger development PCB. No boring, ugly, epoxy globbed production PCB here, folks. No, no. This is a programmable flashcard used by the developers to test their work on real hardware. Fascinating stuff indeed. The cartridge was recently tested and verified to be in working condition. And if you take a moment to bring up my This One Presents channel on YouTube, you can watch a short video of the game being played on a real game got gamecom pocket pro should give you a teensy bit of what's in store for you if you choose to play the game which i hope you do because what good is it sitting on a shelf collecting dust bottom line if you're a gamecom fan or a castlevania fan or none of the above i want your money so <laughs> please consider my greed and find it in your heart to bid high bid often your reward for winning this auction will be a fabulous piece of gaming history and the knowledge that i'm smiling from ear to ear over having some made some more cash to play with notes all of my items sold as is mostly due to the age and whenever someone buys one of my items i do a little happy dance usually set to disco naturally oh. i i like i like the guy's candor I, that that that's what it's all about for me i do i do <laughs> let's have a look at old disman presents is he uh <laughs> he had a couple of boosts on the old youtube channel yeah quite possibly yeah i mean this is this is genuinely genuinely a uh like a one-of-a-kind item as it stands this is the only known version to exist yeah that, that that is the insane thing one of the only known versions to exist of one of the most popular games of all time a port yeah. of the most popular game of all time 
He sells a lot of old computer hardware. I'm just looking at his other items. I always like having a bit of a nosy. He's got a copy of Alone in the Dark 3, Ghosts in Town, uh, Windows video game, Japanese version, SIB, or Complete in Box for short, mm -hmm. um, which is currently at one pence um, or £71.59 postage because it's from the States. Yeah. Um, and a copy of Sh Chicago at Carnegie Hall. Yes. You know, th this guy is got the prolific stuff. Chicago. Yeah. yeah interesting <laughs> i i, I love 1p 281 4346 pounds and 71 pence is where it's at the moment which is uh five thousand dollars uh michael i am not going to be buying um <laughs> castlevania on gamecom i'm going to save that for the real collectors like asobi kwang and i really hope that he genuinely has the the money on the uh the finger on the money button because mm -hmm. if anyone's going to get it it should be him because he he has one of the biggest collections and uh plug for dan um castlevania like mm -hmm. complete history on the channel um basically has all of like Sophie quang's castlevania games on it and he even like genuinely unseals some of the rarest ones yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i had there was like mega drive ones and there because there was like several ports of the mega drive releases there was like obviously uh or the genesis releases actually um you had like the clamshell ones but there were actually ones in in card yeah had, like card shells like the um uh the infamous sonic and knuckles case um never opened i was like can i open it he's like yeah go for it okay <laughs> It's I just, do feel like this Brandon guy's done the right thing here because he's got he's got something that is one of a kind game wise. You know, the only known ROM for this to exist. Mm -hmm. You know, outside of the developer's hands, and he hasn't dumped the ROM for everyone to play. No, he's decided to sell it and get as much money as possible. And to be honest, I admire that hustle. <laughs> yeah, we normally <laughs> let someone else do it. it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad because it's unlikely it will ever. It will ever come to anything but we'll never probably get to play this i can't imagine someone's going to drop five grand and then let the whole world have it not straight be away honest, at least to be honest would you want to i would mean you want to play this version i would uh for the sake of you know just playing it yeah <laughs> that's the thing oh yeah i get to play the intro and go oh my god yes this is a tigergame.com game uh, that's enough for me <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely such a good game like it didn't grab me straight away but then when i eventually like you know i'm actually going to properly sit down and play this after about an hour of playing i was like man i'm absorbed into this i was so sucked into that game i played it uh i completed it for the first time actually from beginning to end um on the vita of all things yeah mm. i paid for it on that yeah it's a good game good game but um no oh, crazy stuff crazy stuff Let's see where it goes for. What, what, where do you reckon? Do you reckon it's going to go above five? Do you reckon we can get it to 10K or more? I think it's getting close to 10K personally because the real bidding, as anyone who's like ever bought anything on eBay knows, the real bids come in at the final second. Um, they do. I'm going to see. I, I reckon this is going to jump up to 10K. I mean, in the hour or so we've been talking here, and that's gone up from 1,700 odd to 5,000. Dollars, obviously not pounds, but still, uh, it's just one person that's done that, obviously. Yeah, and, and yeah. actually, what would that? What would this guy's top bid be? What would uh, Brando six five C zero two? Oh no, that's the guy who's selling it. Sorry, um, what would the person who's um, the top bid uh, have put down as his? Uh, you know, what would what would his top bid be? Interesting. That's five. That's five thousand rounded. So yeah, exactly. Someone's going to come in and try and beat that. I'm sure. Insane. 
It's $100 increments. Oh, my God. He guaranteed has thousands of people doing this right here. Watch this item. That's what I'm about to do. Yeah. <laughs> He's got so many people watching this item. 45 bids. That's what I was looking for. Here we go. Um, wow. Yes, it went up from two. Two grand was the uh, top bid. And then now it's gone up to five. But the same person, this same person really wants to give it. A, he really wants it. Well, say that there's, there could be a lot of mean bids here as well. Those uh, those one uh, star star CC things. Those are just where someone else has come in with another bid, and then he's kind of like had the reserve bid going Already over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of stopped at one thousand six hundred. So that jumped from two k to five k. Wow. That's that was his that was his highest bid, and now that's the beginning of his whatever his next bid is, isn't it? Five grand. Yeah. So yeah. either you're going to see buyer's remorse. Um, I mean, the guy's only got forty-seven feedback. I wouldn't accept that bid, would you? For five k, no. <laughs> I'd I'd expect a few more bids than that. Uh, a few more uh, like sales or purchases than that before. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if uh, it, it, I'm I'm guessing it's going to get to the point where you you'll probably travel to pick it up. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Imagine mm. this going through the post, lost in the post, like all those uh, Pokemon cards that went lost. Yeah, for I hope he sends recorded, that's for sure. <laughs> Do you want next day delivery? No, nah, worry about it. Second class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is he charging for postage? That's always something I check as well. $50 yeah. post. Oh, come off it, man. <laughs> that's 1% of your asking price. Yeah, yeah. Mental. Uh, in, in, set in California, that's where it's based. That's that's where it's at right now in California somewhere. Insane, insane. California, ah. yow, yow. Nice. Well, look, anyway, guys, that's the end of the uh, podcast. Some ups and downs, some major ups and major downs in this one. Streets of Rage yeah. two being the major up, and Kevin Conroy being the sad, sad low. But uh, much love yet again to Kevin. That that got me a little bit choked up when we was chatting about him earlier. That's why I let you take it away because uh, yeah, it, it's insane. It's I, I genuinely, I'm not a big DC fan. I'm genuinely not a big fan. I prefer the Marvel stuff, but Batman is my favorite um, of all of them. Even though I'm not a big DC fan, it's just Batman himself. I, I adore Batman. Um, I'll be completely honest. If it wasn't for Batman, I w- uh, the animated series, I wouldn't be watch anything DC related because right. you know, like the, the whole thing with DC is that like you get like superheroes pretending to be people versus Marvels people tr- trying to be superheroes and i don't know it just doesn't relate all that much yeah. whereas whereas batman is you know like genuinely interesting he got stakes yeah with batman him being you know human great great characters on, on both sides you know villains as well like uh, batman anyway yeah. anyway uh we'll end it there thank you all so so much for hanging out tonight um as always, come and join us over in Discord for a little bit. I'm just going to go see my wife for a little bit, and then I'm going to hang on over into Discord. And, um, hey, I might even play some Sonic Frontiers, because even though we bashed it, uh, <laughs> I'm addicted. I, I don't think we bashed it. I think people who I, I, really I'm worried that we Sonic did. Are. I'm worried that we did, um, because we definitely talked more negative about it. But I, I, at the same time, I am enjoying it. I am enjoying it. It just doesn't... At the end of the day, you, you've got the... Sonic Sonic 3 and Knuckles is my all-time favorite game, so I'm comparing it to my all-time favorite game. It's not as good. Yeah, well, that's that's that just goes without saying. It's probably one of the best. Um, I mean, I've got nostalgia goggles on for Sonic Adventure 1, but it's probably, I suppose, taking it out. I mean, it might be the best 3D Sonic game. Yeah, maybe. Potentially. I, I mean, I'm trying to think what would be better. Can you think of a better 3D Sonic game? Outside yeah, of, obviously, Transforms, because that's a wicked... Uh, 
kart racer. Ge- generations and colors, uh, both really good. Yeah, I, I, I just I felt the need to get to the end of generations where I'm feeling the need to actually like S rank this game. Yeah. So um, it's like Sonic 06 if Sonic 06 wasn't broken. Anyway, I think that's the end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that, Michael Towns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Much love to you all. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you all next week for plenty more Slopes Cast News. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Slopes Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slopes Game Room at 9 pm UK time, 1 pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4 pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time